0: The, the strongest ability for the human body to heal itself is the belief that I can do it. And if I give up that belief to you or somebody else, I'm disabling the, the greatest mechanism, the greatest placebo mechanism that the body has, the belief in myself. Born in 92, on the block with the sharks. Come from a different cloth, y'all will get ripped apart. You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark. Dropping nuggets like Carmelo with the park Now we eating from state to state. We scrape the plate. I put my eggs in a basket. Took a leap of faith. I took a chance. Now we grow and see the impact. Decoding success with special guests. Now let's bring Matt.
1: Welcome, welcome, my people, to an all-new episode of the Top 1% Globally Ranked Podcast, Decoding Success. It's your host, Matt Labrie, and today we are joined by Gary Lynham as he teaches us how to shift out of stress and into a place of healing. And of course, there are way more takeaways than just that. But the premise of the show is helping us to make that shift because we cannot process emotions that are stored within the body for years upon years while we are in fight or flight or while we're in a state of stress. Now Gary is the co-founder of Human Garage, he's a lifelong biohacker who taps into ancient practices, he believes that the body has been designed to heal itself. So he started Human Garage as a vehicle to give people the correct input to start that healing. In fact, he simply wants to teach you how to heal yourself. He no longer identifies as a practitioner. That's one of the things that he says within this episode. Now, Gary himself lived in chronic pain for over 20 years. And during that time, he became increasingly frustrated with the countless treatment modalities that only addressed his symptoms. He realized the root of the problem wasn't being solved and set out to do just that. So in this episode, you will learn movements to take you out of a stressful state and into a state of processing emotions. We will also learn how we get pulled away from what the human body craves and how to get back to giving it what it needs. How we can heal humanity simply by focusing on healing ourselves through conversations just like this. Also, one of the most interesting aspects of this episode is understanding that every emotion that we can experience really boils back to two particular emotions. I love that Gary talked about this, and there is so much more within this episode. Now, I'm going to remind you. You were called to this episode for a reason. You are here for a reason, in other words. So tap into that. Bask in that truth. Because there are a plethora of other podcasts you can be listening to amongst the countless of other things that you could be doing right now. So knowing you're here for a reason, it could very well be to be the messenger by sharing this with those in your life so make sure you are clicking that share button whether it's on spotify or apple or wherever you're listening to throw it on your instagram story throw it in your group chats your text groups whatever they're called these days all of that good stuff if you put it on social don't forget to tag gary and myself so that we could personally thank you and on that note without further ado we bring to you my friend gary lineham gary what's going on how you doing i'm doing terrific how are you that is the first question i kick off every podcast with how are you bad? <laughs> are we recording i i jump right in
0: oh I yeah, yeah. No, fantastic yeah
1: it, it, it's just
0: the conversation is, you
1: know that's all it is, yeah, this, is where I live. this is where we are so how could i be doing bad? That? that is absolutely beautiful where is that if you don't mind me asking uh, pacific northwest that is gorgeous
0: that's the pacific
1: ocean out there what do you feel like that environment does for you have you ever lived big
0: city yeah, all my life I lived in the city. Well, so all, my, all my adult life I lived in the city. So the yeah. the uh, the city has a certain flow to it. Um, I used to be—I used to consider myself a city person, but when the pandemic came, we came out here. We set up a retreat center, and it's part way up to Whistler. Have you ever been to Vancouver? I have not been to Whistler, but I'm familiar with it. <clears throat> so it's on part way up to Whistler. It's uh, about a quarter of the way up, and we're overlooking the Pacific Ocean there. And um, so we're out in the middle of nowhere. It's like we're on a mountain. We overlook an ocean. I mean, it doesn't look like an ocean. It looks like a lake from here, but it looks gorgeous. That's calming. what it looks like. Yeah, it's calming. You could hear a pin drop out here. So it, when people come here and stay, the first little while, it's unnerving, actually. Um, mm-hmm. It takes people about three to five days to, just to get used to it.
1: Yeah, I could imagine. What do you feel like for you personally? Are the big differences from city life to now like where do you see yourself? Any uh, you know shifts from a personal
0: perspective? Well, I mean, I, th- I think the biggest thing is to be in nature. I you know we grew up in the city and we're bombarded by pollutions, chemicals, EMFs, and you know I I had all the appropriate devices to take care of myself, but when you come out into nature, you walk outside. I mean, there's bears out here. And uh, you're right, you know, we, we get in the ocean every day. Um, it's pretty cold right now, but we, we still get in the ocean. And um, the, uh, the shift of being in nature, it, um, nature is the best the, the detoxifier. There's nothing that's better for us. And, um, and being here every day, it's, it's really changed uh, me as a person. It's, uh, it's given me more time to reflect. Um, we stay on compound all, almost all the time. So I don't go into town very much. I don't drive around. I'm not in traffic. And I used to spend two, three hours a day in traffic everywhere. I was in LA when the clinic started. so.
1: Yeah, I hear that. I mean, traffic. I had just had this conversation with a buddy of mine because not that I should be doing this, but whenever I'm commuting, I'm oftentimes trying to be as productive as possible during those commutes. Like I said, shouldn't be doing it, but I find myself doing it. And even if it's just answering messages and not necessarily texting, but sending voice notes back and forth, uh, one thing that I notice is how much something as simple as traffic can alter a mood, whether it be someone cuts you off or anything of the sort. I literally see it's, it's great because it's almost as if it's on record where you hear the tonality in your voice change or maybe you even blurt something out in the direction of that person. It's like, whoa, like. They're just trying to get to where they're going. I'm just trying to get to where I'm going. How do these emotions like come out of you just for something so simple, you know?
0: Well, I think, I mean, uh, this is the whole journey. I don't know how much you know about fascial maneuvers and what we do, but it's the first movement process in the world that actually triggers the midbrain. So it, it brings out emotions. And, uh, you know, previous to that, the emotions were just running rampant in, in my body. And they they store up. And if we got constant attack, little things like, like I said, a Wi-Fi, we've got signals, we've got neighbors, we're constantly interacting with people. We don't get time to shut down. And like in your car, you're talking about traffic. I had this conversation on a live broadcast uh, today talking about, um, I remember in 1989, I was bringing wireless phones to North America when they were $20,000 per device. I remember the day when I realized it wasn't a good thing. I was driving over a bridge and and I was getting I was way more productive because I was talking to people. But I, I lost that time that I had with myself to interact because when I grew up, I'm 54. When I grew up, there was a phone in my home. There's one in my work. And for the most part, I left home and you don't talk to people for the entire day. And sometimes you don't talk to people for two or three days because you're just missing schedules. But, you know, today's world, we're constantly connected which which draws on our nervous system. It makes us uh, it makes us constantly in a sympathetic state re- waiting for that next connection. And we do this with social media now too. So we we take social media and we make a connection, but it's not really a connection. Uh, it just tricks our brain to think it's a connection, like a pharmaceutical tricks your brain to think it's a natural product. And there is a side effect out of it, which we're starting to experience in society today. We're the sickest we've ever been now. In any any measurement of humanity, uh, we have dis- we have disease of all kinds at its peak. Cancer, fibromyalgia, uh, we have autoimmune diseases. We have mental disorders, social disorders at at its peak. Uh, autism, uh, right now it's like one in twenty compared to one in four hundred. It every disease and every dysfunction in the entire planet is at its peak right at this exact minute, and so we can't say that. All this technology and all these things we've done and all this science about the human body and how we work, we can't say it's better. We're not better.
1: Yeah. Knowing that we are the sickest we've ever been, as you put it, I'm curious if you had a magic wand to cure that, what would be the step-by-step to do so? Like, what would be the top three things that would start to cure the people of this world?
0: It's already We're already doing it, actually. thats I mean, <clears throat> we were... Three years ago, we had a following of 13,000 people. Today, we have three and a half million, and we have 20 million people around the world participating. We have more people, 10 times the amount of people offline doing it. We've given them simple things. We have uh, the, the primary things that are happening. Why are we so sick, I guess, is the question, is for the first time in human history, they're altering the, uh, the um, education to say that we're not 70% water anymore. We're only 60% water. Which means we're dehydrated. When we're dehydrated, we elevate our stress. When we elevate our stress, uh, narrows our focus. We don't sleep right. We don't digest and process right. And this is normal. So even we have all this health talk. We're having health talk about how stressed people become slightly more healthy than the stressed people. So the the primary things are like in these skies out here. We have uh, up there that was clear earlier. So. We've had those guys seated with barium, strontium, aluminum. Barium de- depletes the body silica. When you deplete the body silica, we no longer absorb minerals. When we don't absorb minerals, we don't hold water. That's why the official body count of water is being reduced to 60. That's actually what they're teaching in school today. So um, first thing is to remineralize people. And you can't just take minerals. It's actually specific. You have to take silica. And silica, you can get in different forms. Horsetail or diatomaceous earth are the most common. And, and silica is an element, so if people take silica, they start absorbing minerals again. They absorb minerals, they place water. Water then helps them deal with hormones and vitamins, which are a natural way that, that our body um, helps itself. So the first one is to re, uh, rehydrate the body, but not by drinking more water. Water is actually de- drinking water is dehydrating people today. So it's take silica. Yeah, I mean, we drink water. Do you drink water out of a tap?
1: I, uh, so I stay away from the tap water. I do my best to drink brands like Mountain Valley and drink out of the glass bottles. Like I, I do try my best to do that. But I'm going to be honest. On a day-to-day basis, I do find myself buying like a gallon of Poland Spring
0: and drinking yeah. that.
1: Um, this this is I, what, you
0: normal. know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that,
0: that's the normal. So what you're drinking is processed water. So it's filtered, which is better than the tap water. Okay. But when we filter it, we're taking out the minerals. So when water goes over a rock, it it takes minerals from the rock. If you have no minerals in your water, when water goes through your rock, it takes your minerals out of you. This is what's happening. So the number one cause of chronic dehydration today is overconsumption of non-mineralized water, which we we Hmm. just don't have anymore. So 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 first answer is to mineralize the body so it hydrates. The yeah. second answer that I would do is to move the body daily. And we have a fascial maneuvers program which which moves the fascia. We could do one or two if you want to, we can even do it seated. And and it, sorry, it inside moves the body as if you're outside moving. We do this with um, patients uh, who uh, can't move and we actually do facial maneuvers or they're administered to them. And it, it treats, the body treats it the same way as if they're up and climbing through, like climbing through rocks or, or moving with their hands and their feet. So move the body. <clears throat> and then the third one is to process emotions real time. Um, emotions are what all disease on the planet Earth is, is, is caused by a disease. The body's not at ease. So disease, if I'm, angry in my, if I'm angry right now or I'm fearful, my body doesn't feel comfortable, feels uneasy, right? If I leave that in my body over a long period of time, that disease is now measurable. All disease, dis-ease starts with an emotion that's dysregulated. It doesn't matter what the disease, is. a genetic disease. People always get me with this. They say, well, what about a genetic disease? Well, how do, how does the, how do genes mutate? Well, they through epigenetics. The stressors of the environment what's the greatest stressor stress hormone dysregulation endocrine disruptors it's happening every day to us
1: so let's break this down let's we'll go backwards here we're talking about processing emotions now i'm 30 years old oh, 31 i'm lying to you when, when's 31 october seventh, 92. okay <laughs> yeah Good to know. So- So if I, the reason I say that is because let's say I've never, if I've never done therapy or I've never done the type of work that you put out into the world, by the way, you're a
0: 15 degree Libra, I believe. What does that mean? Talk to me about that. It means you're grandmaster Libra. You are all about balance, hearing both sides. Mm -hmm. You're about, uh, you know that you are very granular and detailed in how you process things. You like to learn things. You might move a little bit slower, but you, you're you highly you're highly intellectual. You think a lot. You're always trying to restore balance. You like probably things that look good, art, beauty, or or something like that. You spend time and invest in that. You do things at your own time.
1: Yeah, I had a couple readings, and that's pretty spot on. So you know that really well, which but I love.
0: We use astrology as a way to understand the, the entire body. I found that to be the most accurate way to understand how to help people. So by the way, lungs, super important to you. So we'll do something for lungs.
1: Okay, cool. Um, So if someone's 30 years old listening to this podcast, they've never done therapy, they've never done any sort of like yoga or ways to move to release emotion. Does it matter if they know what emotion
0: needs to be released or not? No, um, the body naturally processes emotion when it's out of stress. Mm. So like I was talking about earlier, being in the car, yeah. I could self actualize in the car because if I have a big emotion, the job of the brain is to explain it. That's why if I have a big feeling, I want to blame somebody for it. It's you that made me angry. It's your fault. It's that situation. It's no, it's, I have anger in me. That person brought it up to reveal it to me. So yeah. my brain's job of my brain is to resolve patterns, which one of the patterns in emotion is a very complex pattern. So it's trying to fix an emotion and it doesn't know how to fix it. If I'm in stress, I narrow my focus so I can't get out outside of myself. That's the job of stress. It's to narrow the focus to one option. So if I can actually step outside myself, imagine just a line going from here. Emotions, thought, emotions, narrative, emotions, narrative. I have to go out here and look at myself from out here in order to resolve that emotion. In other words, look at it from a third-party point of view. Like, like when you get hot, take a minute, stand aside and think of things from a logic. Now, you're a, you're a, a grandmaster Libra, I believe, which means that you have a natural ability to do that. You can give things space and time. But I'm a Sagittarius. There's no such thing as space and time. I just pull <laughs> my head down and run through a wall. So, so the idea of stepping outside my body or gaining perspective in a situation requires me to be out of stress. And if I'm not out of stress, I can't do that. So I can't self-actualize. So that emotion then stays in the body. So what happens is if I'm out of stress, naturally, my movement throughout the day will process that emotion. And there's a couple of things we don't do today. We don't move very much today. Like the average American moved uh, would walk between 8 and 10 miles a day 50 years ago. Actually, only 30 years ago we did that. The average American today is lucky to get 3,000 steps. And so movement itself is super important.
1: Yeah. Now, when you're saying movement, though, you're not talking about just hopping on an elliptical. You're talking about more than that.
0: Ellipticals and stationary movement devices are some of the worst things that you can do to your nervous system. Because if you walk on an elliptical, all of your senses are coordinating when you walk. When you walk, it's the most difficult thing for a human being to do. Both hemispheres of the brain, right hand. Are, are are conducting and transmitting information. It's, it's the hardest thing in the world to do. Like, think about riding a bike super slow. You're like wobbling, then you speed right. up your momentum, right? Well, walking itself is like riding a bike slow. You have to calibrate all of the, the functions and dysfunctions. Like if you got a wobbly tire and you're riding slow, you'll notice it. You speed up, you don't notice it. Same thing with the human body. So when you're actually when you're actually walking. Your body's actually going through a process of clearing itself out. Like if you get hit, it looks like you played some sports when you are younger. Did you? I did, Base- baseball and basketball, yep. Okay, so you get hit in sports and you're out in the end, you're like down on the ground. You get up, you start walking around. You walk it off. It takes three minutes for your body to recalibrate. And it doesn't matter what kind of hit you take, you walk it off. It doesn't matter how bad it is, it's always three minutes. That's your body recalibrating its computer to know if you're okay and what needs to change. So walking itself is super powerful, but part of that walking is the sensory processing of my eyes, seeing the environment change. So if I'm walking on a device where my environment doesn't change, my connection to my eyes and the environment start to become dysfunctional. And this is why people um, that spend a lot of time indoors and working outdoors, you take them out into nature and they, they have troubles like climbing up boulders or up rocks or they don't know how to, they start navigating. They're like, like getting like this down a hill. It's because it, dis, it disrupts the cycle between what I see and what my body, what kind of reflexes my body gets or reaction. So the worst thing you can do, and we've known this for a long time, when we work with Olympic athletes and professional athletes, first thing we do is take them off all the gym equipment. If you want them to function, you take them out on a set of boulders. And you get them to move around and crawl on all four and go up and you go down because it, because these are all information sources that feed back to our brain for processing. And when we walk, we walk on flat surfaces. So we don't even use our shoulders anymore. Like people don't, they don't have range of motion anymore. You got
1: me thinking because I am on an elliptical. I want, and granted, listen, I love riding my bike, but I'm in New York city. It is cold right now, but I'm I'm saying to myself as I'm listening to you, I'm like, you know what? I have to stop going to the gym for my cardio and simply just go to the park. I have a gorgeous park in my neighborhood. I'm I'm in Queens. I'm very fortunate for what I have, but um, that's what I hear when I when I hear you talk. It's like, chill out with the gym stuff. Get out in nature. Move your body. Um, I might even bear crawl up and down a hill that we have in the park.
0: You know, you know, Matt. i my my background I was a bodybuilder. I went I went nationals to go pro. And, but this is back in the eighties, right? Uh, I spent most of my life around 215 to 230 pounds, Um, pretty heavy, mostly fairly lean. And I can tell you from being, coming from that, I am now at my 14 year old body weight. It took me five years to pile off the muscle, literally. Mm -hmm. But what I can do right now is I can and I don't do yoga or anything, but I can dislocate all my joints functionally, without a problem, without having, without feeling something. And and we were not meant to act and react in the environments that we are today. We weren't meant to walk on flat surfaces. Even our hips, even if you walk on a flat surface, like if you walk on pavement in New York, and right beside it, you have hard, but grass, like natural organic, but it's still hard packed. So it's not much different than the rock. If you walk in there, feel your hips tighten, Take a step off it and walk. Feel your hips start to sway. Then walk back on the on the concrete. Your hips will tighten again, and they do a two dimensional movement rather than a three dimensional movement. That's a normal, yeah. you know, the hips. But they'll start doing this when you're on a pavement, which then flattens your shoulders. You know that. Think about when's the last time you raised your hands above your head? Yeah, I mean, the only time we do it is if we're asking a question, we're at a concert, or we're being arrested. <laughs> So like 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 try try to raise your your right hand here and then and then just just my right yeah just raise your right and then go like this get your range of motion your your max range of motion I'll show you something about what happens with gym equipment okay, so come up and grab a bar now do that you lose your range of motion
1: yeah, I also Open have two up. shoulder surgeries, so I'm well, probably not now,
0: the you're best you're person to do open it up again and then check your range of motion. Yeah. Now close it. So we go to a gym, we grab things that are unnatural and we start moving it. So we are, what we're doing is we're exercising or building muscle in a restricted range of motion through a joint. Eventually that joint's going to wear down. I don't know how much you know about like the human garage clinic, but what we did is we fixed athletes that couldn't be fixed by the teams or by so our, our athletes were all the top pros, all the top Olympic runners, stuff like that. All of our Olympic athletes, by the way, had a medal.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. And by the way, I'm very familiar. If I wasn't familiar, I wouldn't have invited you here. That's why I wanted to have this conversation. Um, I want to talk about the mobility you just showed me, right? Like the the ability to lift your leg literally behind your head. I'm curious to know how much of that is... Your physical ability, or actually, on the flip side, your emotional ability. Meaning, to my knowledge, we've done over three hundred of these podcast episodes. We've had many conversations and many different perspectives on where trauma stored, where emotions are stored, et cetera, et cetera. I'm curious to know how much of what you just showed me is your emotional flexibility versus your physical flexibility.
0: That's they're not mutually exclusive. That's a better way to say it because. If I'm having, if I'm carrying the load of too many people on my shoulder, I'm going to have a shoulder issue. Mm. And if I, if I'm not able to move forward in my life, I'm going to have a hip issue. If I'm dealing with too much worry and too much resentment, I'm not going to be able to rotate my upper trunk. So it, it's it's a combination of. But the one thing you can do is you can actually move the fascia in these areas to start. But then what people do is they start to have the emotions associated with them come up and then the narratives start to play like why did i why was i resentful and they remember that event or that situation
1: so it, What's, it's a combination what is it with the fascia specifically like talk to me about that because obviously that's what your work is what your works around i'm curious is the
0: fascia is is that where our emotions are stored yeah. Well, think about it this way. Um, here, here's an interesting fact the the pain, it's the brain itself doesn't have pain, mm-hmm. but you can cut into the brain. You can actually do uh, brain surgery without any anesthesia. The old Hannibal Lecter thing where he opens a brain. That's actually very, yeah. very true. So that means that pain itself isn't physical. It's mental. Pain itself is, is, is a resp- emotional response to something that's happening in the body. Mm -hmm. so so pain we don't have pains up here so like when we have emotional pain it's not up here but we medicate for this part to shut off that the the sensors that tell you it's there not a very smart thing to do as we're starting to figure out so the body the brain itself has a hundred billion nerve endings and nerve endings are a way it's like horsepower in your body Mm -hmm. your fascia has its own brain called the interstitium and you can google you know my fascia has an interstitium and, and you can see what the research is coming on now. a 100 trillion nerve endings, So that means that this is your, your body is a computer that makes this a processing unit, which isn't even considered an organ, by the way. We think of it as one, but it's not an organ. It's not, your 10 organs are in here. This, so your brain tells you what's going on. It's a command center that's coordinating the action of all the organs. So the, the way to think about it, Is your computer has a hard drive it has all this it has wi-fi components bluetooth that comes in has a screen and what it does is has a processor that allows all of them to work together and present themselves that's what your brain is it's a processor and it has a little bit of memory so i got ram memory like short-term memory and but it doesn't store all of the real programs the innate things that make us us like the belief systems and and the uh and the values or the memories of the past so they're stored somewhere in the body think about it this way if you were, if i was going to cut you up like hannibal lecter i would dismember you. or i guess the other one would be uh who is the guy that does it on tv that tv show um, yeah i'm not familiar it, they, where he's um he's a he's a, a an nci guy and he's also a serial killer I can't remember it right now,
1: so (laughs) I'm not familiar.
0: Dexter, Dexter. Oh, there you go.
1: Okay, okay. Now I now I know who you're talking about.
0: So, so, um, so if I was to dismember you, I'd take it apart. If you want to remember you, remember you're putting it back together. Members, referring to what do you call this? It's a member. Mm. So. What we're doing, that means that information stored in other parts of our body. We knew this at one point. That's why we use the word remember. And so you take an, an insult or like a like a memory. That's why when you go to yoga class, you open up your hips, and all of a sudden you have this emotional release. Because there's a memory stored in that tissue. That memory is an event. But that event has an emotion And say, liver, anger. And then it has that, that emotion, that memory, that emotion, has a narrative the way I described it. That's a narrative. So it has to have the the tissue itself, the impact, the insult, the the event, the, the memory of it, the emotion of it, and then the narrative of it. That's how you remember something. And when you can't remember, it's because one of those components isn't able to pull up in the processor. That's what we have when we have things like uh, dementia, is thats is that we're not able to put all of those pieces together. That's why people yeah. that have dementia that do – fascial maneuvers, we have people that are coming right off dementia scale, right off, like within weeks or months sometimes.
1: Would you mind actually walking us through a few movements for what I would feel like are the most common things our audience experiences? Those things would be off the top of my head, anxiety. It would be anger is probably one. I guess let me throw this question at you, Gary. Is like, what do you feel like is the number one emotion when someone goes through a breakup? Is it anger? Is it sadness?
0: Well, I think we all, we all at the end of it, there's only two emotions in the world and everything is a derivative of that. Our lower brain stem, the rear brain all the way back, thinks mm-hmm. of it only has desire and fear. Not love, but desire and fear. Because an animal either desires to be with you or is afraid of you. There's no real in-between in that situation. So instead of fear, a little bit less than fear. Fear locks me up. I can't move. So instead of fear, I can have anger, which is in processed in the midbrain. That's where our emotional center is. So it's not quite fearful. Like I'm angry. I'm locked up, but I can still move. But fear, I'm really locked up. Like I literally can't move. Yeah. And instead of anger, I can have another one, uh, which is more of a perception, which is called frustration. Okay. Those are three roots. So it's frustration, anger, and fear. So at the core of it, when I break up with somebody, the, the emotion is fear. But mm-hmm. I might express that through sadness, which is like anger but slightly different. I might express it through resentment. I might express it through um. Excitement, joy. Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. Some people is sure. like, I, I'm out of here, finally. <laughs> yeah, and and so so these are these are all, um and that's to all you Scorpios out there. <laughs> who uh, knew okay, so I love this.
1: Who knew uh, you I love this.
0: broke up a long time ago, and you didn't break up a long time ago because you didn't want to say anything or hurt them okay so
1: let's break this down if you don't mind let's do i don't know and, and this is a good cue for everyone by the way first and foremost i just want to put this out there this conversation we've been rolling for give or take 28 minutes i could talk to you the rest of the day like i'm having a blast doing this i just want to make sure that everyone knows that gary's socials websites all of that good stuff is in the show notes of this episode and then furthermore what Everyone that's tuned in audio-wise, I want you to check this out on video. This is on YouTube as well. Head over to the YouTube channel. You can find that in the show notes because what Gary is about to show are a couple maneuvers, a couple movements to help us release some of the things that we experience. So I just wanted to preface it with that, Gary. But. Um, You know, I was just I was just thinking, like, what are the common things? So our audience, they're high performing millennials. They're the they're millennials that want the most out of every bucket of life. And what personally what I see as being one of them myself, I had so many unresolved emotions before I did something like talk therapy or CBT or EMDR or you know, uh, different types of yoga, breath work, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like they have those unresolved emotions. And then furthermore, it boils up into anxiety and stress and overwhelm. So if there's something that we could do to address that, I think it would be super
0: helpful. Yeah. So let's, let's do the first thing is that when we're, when we have stress in our body, we are not able to self-actualize. So we can't process the difference between an emotion. So, Mm -hmm. so that's when you ask somebody, they don't really know if they're angry or sad or they just, I'm angry. That's it. Um, they don't know if it's frustration. They don't know if it's resentment. They don't know if it's, if it's regret, which are, all, um, which are all components of anger. So let's take the stress out first. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 is you're the best you've ever been. And 1 is you need to go and check yourself into a hospital mentally. Where are you at at this exact moment?
1: Me personally, uh, I, I'm going to answer honestly. I'm going to say like a 6.7. If you asked me Friday, I would give you a much higher number. I had a great week last week. This week's a little bit different. I'm surfing the waves of life, but I'll give you 6.7.
0: Well, today is a special day because today is a 21 degree. Today is, is about testing your beliefs. It's what you believe about what you believe. It is a, one of the most powerful belief days in 2,500 years. So, wow. so people are being tested today. There's no doubt about it. And most likely over the last couple of days, they've had crap come up, and I know this is going to play later, so I'm not it's a little bit time dated here. But but every day has a theme. So let's let's say okay, and then la- earlier last week, it was if we go into like Friday, like Thursday or Friday, these are days where we're we're starting to have uh, we're starting to have fun, we're starting to open up. Like like Friday was a manifest day. Like what mm. it's like what, and that's sorting stuff out. I want more of this. I don't want more of that. That's fun. So let's, let's take your 6.5, and let's just do something and see if we can we can ch- change it. Maybe we can, maybe we can't. Okay, so I'm going to get you to take your right foot, put it over top of your left leg. Okay. And you can do this. I'll, I'll describe it on so people are pure audio can get it. Right arm, you can put underneath your left armpit. Left arm on top of your right shoulder. Okay, I want you to pull your belly button in and squeeze up your, your sex organs like your like you're, like the last drop of pee or for women listening, it's like a kegel, so pull it up inside. Turn your head to the left and your body to the right. Now what I want you to do is I want you to breathe in through your, uh, through your mouth and hold it. So breathe in. While you're holding it, take more. Take more. Turn your body a bit more to the right and exhale. Breathe in and hold it. More. More. Turn and exhale. Pull on that spine again. Squeeze those sex organs. Breathe in again. More. More. And exhale. Now breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth six times. Breathe in. Two, three, four, five, six. Okay, come back to center, keep yourself hugged up there. Turn your head to the right and your body to the left. Pull in that, pull in your belly button. Squeeze up your sex organs. Breathe in through your mouth and hold it. More. More. Filling up those lungs. Turn a bit more to the left. Turn your head more to the right and exhale. Again. More. More. Exhale, breathe in, more, more, exhale, into the nose and out to the mouth six times, two, three, Four. Five. Six. Okay, come back to center. Relax for a second. We're gonna do one more thing too. What do you notice is changing for your mat? Move your head around move your shoulders. I am so relaxed right now. Yeah. Did the room get brighter?
1: That one is particularly hard to answer because I have lights at all angles.
0: Or, <laughs> so, you're, you're Libra. You notice details. It might be you notice more details. About
1: yeah. Uh, about me personally, I could tell you how Zen I feel. I feel very, very Zen. You have uh, energy too? That, yeah. I have focus. I have, I, I have, I have focus. I'm very attentive. Um not hyper vigilant. I don't want that to be confused for the people listening. I just feel here, right here yeah. with you. Um, but just overall, like I just feel like I came down, you know. So so now on a one to ten, where are you? Uh I would definitely say I went up. I, I just I feel I feel a bit better. I think I, I think I gained the point three points. I would feel comfortable telling you I'm at a seven right now.
0: Okay. Perfect. Okay. So now what we're going to do is we're going to uh, focus on one for today specifically. There's different energy every day. Today is a day where our belief is being tested. Okay. So take your right hand, put it on your center bone right there on your chest, right on your sternum, the xiphoid. Go to the left of your body. So go follow it, your rib cage down right to where the rib curves. Dig in there and pull. Pull the skin across. That's your stomach. Mm -hmm. Okay, take your left hand. Put it behind your, on your trap, on your neck. Just, yeah, laying it on there. Doesn't have to squeeze or anything It's just there. Now imagine in your mind that you're connecting these. That's the first thing I want to tell you. And the second thing is, this is putting your body in a programming state. When you're programming, you're susceptible to information. So we're going to use an affirmation too. So you're going to breathe into your mouth. Breathe in. two, three, repeat after me. I no longer need to worry. I no longer need to worry. I believe in myself more than ever. I believe in myself more than ever. Open through your nose, breathe in. Two three okay, let that go. Your mind got really quiet there, right? Yeah, yeah, your voice and the tone of your voice has changed i'm I'm chill
1: right now <laughs> I'm chill. I have to ask you this because I want people to do this. And I know one thing that would potentially feel like a hurdle to some people is that they're not doing it perfectly. Right. Really good statement. You basically you can't mess it up. Okay, so I didn't mess up what we were doing right there, because I'll be honest, when I had my hand cuffed in my rib, when I started breathing, I felt like it it
0: lost that. So there's yeah. no messing it up. Oh, yeah, that losing it, the losing it is actually your body adapting to this the, the 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 stressor you gave it, which was mm-hmm. you want to release the stomach from the diaphragm uh, and the rib cage so that it can free, it can it can flow freer. By the way, if you eat too much, it's a good way to get an extra couple of uh, <laughs> extra couple pieces of food your dessert down. But <laughs> so, but what it does is it changes it, what you're doing is you're, I mean, the world's pretty much, especially your generation, you're aware that there's chakras, there's portals, there's energy, like it, you can't, you can't deny it. Like we, we use this for the Olympic athletes 20 years ago, but the rest of the world, like that's all BS, you know, like, uh, but you know, like people like Tiger Woods come in and instead of smoking a cigarette and drinking a Scotch in between, he goes and works out and runs. And that's why he is who he was. Um, we have a world that's changing its, its belief system, right? And so what we're doing is harnessing things that would be considered ancient practices in a way. We've modified them based on our view of fascia because the ancient practices, we didn't talk about fascia. We we talked about it in Chinese medicine, energetic organ or a triple burner, but we never described what it was. This is what, what we're describing. So for you, one of the things that you do, Matt, is that you block your heart so you're not disappointed, especially when it comes to feminine, emotional, or let's say mother, women, etc. Fair statement?
1: I'm getting better at it. I'm not great at it, so I will say that yes. I, I do have really? an
0: avoidant part of me. You know how I knew that? Tell me. Your tattoo on your heart right on your left arm. My tattoo tells you that. Yeah, because you you don't, there's no there's no there's no accident to where we place a tattoo. Our, our nervous system is doing it for a reason. There's like, no, I just randomly went and I just, where should I go? No, that's not how it works. Before we do something to our body, our body is telling us something. So let's, let's see how that feels. Let's take your left arm, put it up like this. So you're, you're basically putting your left arm, putting your left hand on your left trap, so your arms are in front of you. Take your right hand on the elbow, grab it. And turn the skin outwards, like really outwards. Yeah. Okay, now put it above your head. So bring that above your head. There you go, best. Can now lean over to your right. Turn your head to the left. And breathe into your mouth. Two. Three. through your nose, two, three, say I'm opening myself up to receive more, I'm opening myself up to receive more, especially when someone offers help, especially when
1: someone offers help.
0: Okay, so come on now. So feminine aspect isn't about being female. It's about receiving, letting help come Mm -hmm. in because you don't like to take help. You like to do it yourself.
1: I definitely do. I'm curious on the tattoo sentiment. Does it change anything if someone, for example, I got this tattoo before it was legal for me to get one. I got this at 17 years old. Does that change anything, me telling you that in regards to the feedback you gave me based on that?
0: Yeah, I it tells me that yeah. somewhere along the line that you're probably protecting your heart from your relationship with your mother.
1: I think I still am. I, I think the
0: mother yeah. wound is still open. So you you know so so um so again, there's a there's a narrative, there's a story that goes on. Remember, we talked about trauma earlier, it has to have an insult, something in the body, it has to have an emotion, and then has to have a story that I tell myself about it. So and I'm not trying to be a psychic reader, but I'm just, you know, like putting two and two together, the equation. Yeah. How do you feel right now, by the way?
1: I feel zen. I I feel super, super zen. Um yeah, I'm happy
0: right now. Like I'm happy that we're having this conversation. Yeah, happy. Yeah. Because that's happiness is something that uh let's just say that you've been looking to bring into your life.
1: Mm.
0: All right? Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's try an experiment. Let's do two other things and then see how that changes this state. Your body's a computer and what we're doing is we're pressing buttons. Some of it we're holding with our hands, some of it we're pressing inside with breath, but we're directing this around to create a different state of awareness. Mm. Um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go right at your liver and your gallbladder, that's anger and resentment, okay? Okay. That goes along with protecting myself from the emotions of my mother. I'm sure. Okay. Okay. So take your right hand, put it on your xyphoate. Yeah, right there. Go to the right side, kind of where you were on the left side. Now I want you to push this one in and then like twist the skin like you're making a twirl. Yeah. Left hand on the neck. Okay. Breathe in through your mouth. Two. Say, I no longer want to hold anger
1: and resentment in my body. I no longer want to hold anger and resentment in my body.
0: I'm letting it go now. I'm letting it go now. Breathe into your nose. Two. Three. Okay, whoa. Mm. Now you're starting to get into a smoked a bong territory. <laughs> Are my eyes low? Well, you can see the demeanors coming down. Eyes aren't... I'm yeah, sure. You... Yeah, yeah, you look relaxed. I'm curious,
1: Gary, if someone's doing these maneuvers and they feel tension, so for example, as I'm holding where you tell me to hold on, uh, you know, under the rib cage, I feel tension in my arm as I do that. Yeah. Is that because I'm going too hard? Is that okay? I'm just curious that I'm trying to work through these. It's just an
0: observation. You can, by the way, you can just put your hands there and not even barely touch. It's just that if you twist it, you're going to get movement of the fascia. All of our organs have a circular, uh, the fascia winds together to create an organ. So like, like, yeah, I mean, here here's a common misconception: the heart is a pump. <laughs> mm. The heart's actually a vortex; it spins the blood. And um, if there's a there's a famous cardiologist that does a dissection of a heart, and he shows it uh, on camera, and he goes, he's called unwinding the heart. And and what he does is he shows that the heart just brings the blood in and spins it. So. Your blood is a circulatory system. It rotates it, like a siphon. It goes every two, uh, 45 seconds. It goes all the way through the body, circulates. So mm-hmm. that means it's already circulating. So what is the pump for the heart? It's actually your calves as you walk. That's why walking was so hmm. good. That's interesting. That's yeah. So, interesting. I, so, I love that. So what is your, are you feeling a little bit, let's say, well, I'll let you tell me what you feel right now. Characterize your I, deme- I,
1: Yeah. Um, my shoulders have evidently dropped in my opinion. I think, you know, I, I probably came in here and I was probably a little bit more up here. Um, they, they've definitely dropped. I, I'm someone that carries tension personally. I know this just from experience. E- even I've had masseuses tell me how much tension I have in my traps and in my shoulders and my upper back. So right now I kind of feel that's dropped, which feels really nice. It almost feels, I mean, it feels relaxing, right? I, I think I characterized myself earlier as feeling Zen and that still stands true. Um, I will say the more I feel relaxed, it's not that I'm less attentive, but I feel like my mood is, it's like, okay, almost time for bed. You know, like I'm I'm starting to feel that way.
0: Okay. So this this is the, so this, this is what, okay. What you're starting to feel is your body. It just knows I'm on or I'm off. Mm. And that's why people go, I don't have any, especially millennials. I don't have any, I don't have any problem going to sleep. I hit the pillow. I go to sleep. That's not, that's not a sign of, of a good thing. It's because, it's because I'm so fatigued that when I finally stop, I shut down. So your brain's rewiring itself. So you can build up your oxygen too. Like one of the ways to do it is to build up oxygen. So we didn't do anything on the right side. So that's your sympathetic side. So it's gonna bring a little bit more energy to you. So that's why I was saying we're taking you through a little journey. Take your right hand, take your uh, right hand, put it on your trap. And, um, and then with your right elbow up, take your left hand, grab the elbow, turn, put your right elbow above you, lean over to your left, and you feel that good stretch right underneath the rib ribcage? That's your yeah. kidney. Yeah. So lean forward slightly a little bit. Take three sharp breaths. Go. <laughs> okay. Now breathe with me slowly. Breathe in to the mouth. <sighs> Two. three. Through your nose, two, three. Okay, now keep your arm up there for a second. I want to imagine that uh, red gas is covering your whole body from the feet up. Breathe in through your mouth. Breathe that red gas into your lungs. Now, there's an orange gas all around your body. Breathe it in. Breathe it in. Okay. Now, first of all, we haven't really done anything, and this could be done. We talked and interspersed a minute. We've done about six minutes worth of fascial maneuvers while we're seated at a desk. Mm. And you've totally changed your entire state of being. Now, do you feel a little different?
1: I do feel more attentive now.
0: I feel yeah, like I'm yes. back. Yeah. So basically what we did is we, we took oxytocin, basically testosterone, estrogen, estradiol in the last couple of movements. And we basically gave you some, some natural heroin. Mm. <laughs> now what we did is we spiked it with a little bit of natural cocaine. <laughs> so, now, I love that. so now your dopamine is going back up. And you can feel it, your brain wants to go, because we were attending to the left side, the receiving side of your body. Now we're attending the right side. Let's do one last one and really wake you up. Take your two hands in front of you. Take your left hand and grab your right thumb, like you're holding onto a motorcycle handle. Turn the skin forward, like wrapping it around. Bring your hands in, pull them apart. So you're pulling your thumb off. Take your left elbow, rotate it all the way to the back. So rotate it around, left elbow. Left elbow to the back. Okay, good. Now yep. turn your head to the right and breathe in three times. <sharp inhale> Two, <sharp inhale> three. Through <gasps> your nose. Two, three. <sighs> <Ned. clears> okay. <throat> mm. <clears throat> I'm awake. Right. You're uh, awake and you're clear. I'm awake. Yeah. I'm awake. That's yeah. This, for sure. is, um, uh, this is the equivalent of taking Vibance, which your generation takes a lot of. Yeah. So, this okay. is natural Vibance we just gave you. So, like, this is where stockbrokers, traders, people that have to be uh, alert, awake, adaptive. This is where where your high volume thinking. This is where these are the movements that you can use for high volume thinking. So now yeah. go back to your scale of one out of 10. Where are you at right now?
1: I, I would definitely say above a seven. Like I, I feel good about myself right now. Like I just, I, about the way I'm feeling, I feel really
0: good. Sure. So take the biggest problem that you had before this podcast, the biggest incident, the thing that's a thorn in your side that you're just going through. It's extreme. Look back at it. Like with, close your eyes, think back about it. Does it feel mm-hmm. the same?
1: Not really. Not really. Um, It's something coming up in the future. So I almost feel as if it is something I might worry about
0: again. But right now, it's not a worry. There you go. So when you worry about it again, guess what you do? Do this. Give yourself a shot of drugs. Yeah. Kuna Matata. I love that. So here's a common myth. Drugs don't make us high, by the way. Hmm. We, We believe that drugs make us high, but that's actually not the truth. Drugs, you take, stimulate a series of hormones to fire in your body, and that presentation of hormones goes, I'm high. But the drug did it. It made your body do it. That means that your body can do it another way too. What we're doing is giving your body natural drugs and see how fast it is, but there's no side effect. I love
1: that. I love that. I have to ask you a couple more questions. I know I only have you for a few more minutes. Otherwise, we, I would go all night. Um, I'm curious. I mean, just based off of the line of work you're in, the clients you've worked with, what's a question you wish more people would ask you?
0: You know, I think the biggest question that I want people to ask me is is how I help myself because they want me to help them. And... Even this is why we no longer, anybody listen to this, do not DM me. I'm not going to see you ever. Um, I have dedicated my life now to helping people help themselves because when I was helping people, I was taking away the, the strongest ability for the human body to heal itself is the belief that I can do it. And if I give up that belief to you or somebody else, I'm disabling the, the greatest mechanism, the greatest placebo mechanism that the body has, the belief in myself. And so I, I no longer identify as a practitioner. I don't use I those. Anymore. <laughs> I love that. That
1: is really powerful. So you're, you're really giving the power back to the people. Yeah, and we do it free of charge.
0: So all of I our programs that. is it. This is a basic truth of how the body works. I spent 30 years in pain. I spent two and a half million dollars trying to fix myself. Fifteen million dollars educating myself in the clinic over a decade. And all that education came down to one thing, which is I had to do it myself anyways. And the pandemic gave me the time to do it. And what we're doing is blazing a trail and just showing people what we did. They can support us by buying supplements and we have some classes that they can pay for. But if you want any, any and all the help that you need, including the 28 day reset, which is the powerful program to reset your whole body and nervous system, it's free of charge. And you can show up to classes where you have coaches and practitioners that will help you free of charge. And even with the talk therapy part of it, the emotional part. So every week that they can go through this and we're launching our new platform in, in January. And they can go through with a group of thousands of people going through it at the exact same time. They can show up to a class. They'll see the same people transitioning and changing. And, you know, right now, the largest number of people coming to us are practitioners.
1: Hmm. Yeah. What's the new uh, platform, Gary? You got to let me know so I can make sure that I'm linking that in the show notes, too. Yeah.
0: Just go to our website. It's uh, just sign up for the 28 Day Reset. We use, uh, and we're working with Circle. Uh, we have all of our, yep. our, our content up on Circle right now. Yeah, okay. we're putting it over right now, but it's but the the platform's designed. The 28 day reset is the primary tool in order to heal your own body because it's what it is. It's an education about why your body's broken. It's not just the movements that we did here today. It's why you're needing it in the first place. What about the chemicals? Mm. Why the, the the things you don't think about? In New York City, you are breathing chemicals every day that depletes your body's uh, silica. Without that, nothing works. And those chemicals weren't around 40 years ago.
1: Yeah. Is that where someone should start? Someone that's listening to this right now, should they start with the 28
0: day or should should they start with the one day? I think, well, that's the 28 day you have to start with the one day. And then if you're not even ready for that, you go to our website and you do the upper or the lower reset. Uh, Lower reset is basically a full body warm up with a lower body. It's for digestion, hormones, autoimmune um leg issues hip issues stuff like that or the upper reset uh, brain function anxiety stress whatever do the upper or lower reset they take 30 and 35 minutes and if you just do that once a day um over the course of 28 days your life changes because there's nothing else that we know of that takes the body out of stress every single day and this will in 15 minutes well you can see how fast you're you you changed
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm doing the lower right after this. Like 30 minutes, I'm doing it. You you have me sold without a doubt. Uh, For numerous reasons, I'm choosing to do that. But Gary, this has been absolutely incredible. First and foremost, I just wanted to say thank you for the opportunity to have you to amplify this to our audience, make an impact alongside of you. I'm honestly so grateful. I'm going to ask you one last question. If Gary lives to whatever year he wants to live to, he impacts as many people as he wants to impact he does it all whatever it is for you personally but you could only be remembered for one piece of advice i'm not asking how you want to be remembered i'm asking if i think of gary after this conversation many years down the road this is the piece of advice that i remember what's that advice it's to believe in yourself and your body's ability to heal
0: believe in yourself and your body's ability to heal
1: yeah. And you it's all there. And show it we, we have we've been we have been
0: patently trained that we need other people to do this. Mm. And we have an we have an entire architecture of, of infrastructure designed around from from pharmaceutical companies designed to tell us that we are sick and we are broken. Okay. And categorically that's not true. It was 75 100 years ago, 75 years ago, 85% of the population couldn't even go see a doctor. So we didn't die. We have been, we have, we, we, our bodies are self-healing machines. All we have to do is give it the tools. And if I believe in myself, I can do that. And this is the primary thing. Your generation was taught not to believe in yourself. Your generation was taught that you need external sources of everything. This is the biggest thing. But your generation is also born a generation of Capricorn. So you don't take bullshit and you're going to get to the bottom line. You guys are the ones bringing in the change. I'm just, a, I'm just the head of a spear piercing the veil of all the bullshit that I that I went through. So your generation gets the benefit of being able to go through and make those changes.
1: I love this. Gary, you're incredible. Thank you again for this opportunity. I really appreciate
0: it. It was a great time. Look forward to our next meeting.
1: You have just tuned into an all new episode of the Decoding Success podcast featuring Gary Lynham. Now, putting it back on your heart, putting it back on your mind. You were here for a reason today. You could have been doing anything else in this world. There are so many podcasts that you could have been listening to. There's so many Netflix shows. There's so many artists that put out music. There's so many games that you could have on your phone, text messages, videos to watch on Instagram, YouTube. The list goes on. But no, you chose this. You chose to connect with Gary. You chose to connect with myself. You chose to listen to Decoding Success. So I'm going to put it back on your heart, put it back on your mind to make sure that you're sharing this episode. Be the messenger. Be the beacon of light for the people that are in your life. Because you're still listening to this for a reason. And that reason is because you felt entertained. You felt value given to you. You felt something. And someone in your life could use this as well. So putting that back on your heart, if you share it on social, your Instagram story, Twitter, wherever, Facebook, make sure that you tag Gary and myself so that we can say thank you. Furthermore, I urge you to take Gary up on his offer. Human Garage is complimentary. If you want to leave a donation, make a donation, I very much so urge you to do so. Take Gary's one-day challenge, his three-day challenge, his five-day challenge, seven-day challenge. I'm working my way up personally to the 28-day challenge. And remember, this is complimentary work. It's complimentary healing. You might say, well, Matt, you know, I did the one-day and it was really weird. You know, the movement's like, yes. Is it out of the ordinary? Absolutely. Well, would you want to be stuck in what is considered to be your ordinary right now, which might be a stressful state? Or would you prefer to start healing or continue your healing journey? And I'm going to be honest with you, I have never felt better. When I do Gary's movements at the end of my workday, and I'm getting ready for bed, I dedicate the 15 minutes to the videos that are a part of his program, and afterwards, I feel zen. I feel really, really good. You go from that heightened state, that on-edge state after you finish a long day of work, and you transition into a very zen state. I want to let you know it's possible for you too. So take Gary up on that offer. You could check that out in the show notes of this episode. Furthermore, you're also going to be able to find Gary on social and all of that good stuff as always in the show notes of this episode. Putting it out there, a reminder, we are now releasing two episodes a week. It has been requested, it's been on my heart, it's been on my mind to start doing solo episodes on top of the interviews that we're doing here. Giving you the insights to my mind as opposed to just asking the questions to understand the mind of our interviewees. So we are releasing a solo episode and an interview every single week. You can check that out next week going live every Tuesday and Friday, potentially Monday and Friday, we'll see. But putting that out there for each and every one of you. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.